Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 120 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. I hope you're joining us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch right now, and you'll join us later on when this goes to audio on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Tonight, we have uh, some stuff going on with uh, Memorial for uh, Road Warrior Animal, predictions for Clash of Champions, and, of course, news. And, well, people think I'm uh, always touting the WWE flag and making apologies for them, but I don't think I can do that this week with how Raw went off. But before we uh, get going on all the uh, stuff, we have a couple of guests this week uh, representing the Ontario Indie uh, Wrestling Podcast Network that we're a part of, and we start off with Adam Hayes. How How's it going? How's it going, everybody? You're well. And whereabouts are you uh, hanging out from, Adam? Well, I am from the greatest city in all of Ontario. I am from the Schwa, Oshawa, dramatic pause, Ontario, Canada. Very good. Um, so right now, yeah, you told me uh, off air, but you haven't been really doing too much uh, shows right now. But why tell uh, our listeners who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So, um I've been involved with independent wrestling here in Ontario since uh, pretty much June, July of 2006. Uh, I was a ring announcer for a number of different companies uh, throughout Ontario. Uh, From there, I've had the privilege of managing in several different companies like Death Proof Fight Club, Ontario, uh, Pro Wrestling Ontario. Uh, I've also been a a commentator as well for them. I was one of the producers and uh, promoters for Pro Wrestling Eclipse one time here in Oshawa and many other promotions uh, within Ontario. It's just, it's been a wild ride that I've been able to wear so many hats in this business. And uh, recently I was able to do Schwa style podcasts. And I've been doing that off and on over the last year and a half or so, just having on guests talking about them and uh, branching out into different things like entertainment, pop culture and whatnot, but taking a little bit of break right now, but happy to be on the program here today. Yeah. Awesome. It's uh, great to have you. Um, I put out a call to you guys wondering if anybody was available. Steven, who is normally with us along with Jonesy, who will be joining us later on. Um, it was a little bit busy with uh, some paperwork and uh, health unit stuff up in Toronto. So I needed uh, some extra voices, and so what you you're saying? Well, what you're saying is you upgraded, is what you're saying, though, because you know, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also highlighting our uh, podcast group, so that's a good thing. It's been hard to get people on the same page and same dates. Another person that's part of this group, and I believe coming from Kingston, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it is George Mackay from Straight Talk. What's going on, boys? Actually, it's Brampton. Brampton, I know, I know. Another dramatic pause. Probably the actual <laughs> number one city in Ontario. Hey now, hey now. Next to the Dirty Schwa. Sorry, did mm. I say that? I, mm, my bad. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Hey, listen, Bramladesh, Dirty Schwa, it's all good, bro. It's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, so just like uh, Adam, can you uh, introduce our uh, listeners and watchers to uh, who you are? Yeah, yeah. Uh, your host, your boy from Straight Talk Wrestling, uh, predominant member of the Ontario Indie Podcast. Uh, shout out to indie wrestlers. I interview them all the time. Plus, got some had some big names on the show as of late. Just dropped TJ Perkins last week, Vicky Guerrero a month ago. And I got a couple of other big names coming up that I really can't talk about until the release dates. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've been consistently, actually, COVID has been great. 
consistently doing interviews each and every week, highlighting both indie and predominant stars and also up and comers, which has been fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I uh, did catch your uh, Vicky Guerrero interview. I liked it a lot. Um, I still haven't been able to get over really that hump of doing interviews. I've uh, interviewed a lot of uh, the students from uh, Tyson Duke's Wrestle Factory, along with, of course, Tyson and uh, uh, Cody Diener and a couple others. But, you know, having uh, made it to your level yet, but, you know, there's a lot of podcast uh, stuff to spread around and everybody has their own uh, niche. So it's awesome uh, that you're able to join us. I know uh, just the other day, um, Justin Gimele, he uh, contacted me. I'm going to be on his show tomorrow uh, as a bonus. So we're trying to get everything connected. Um, Ryan Knight of Knights of uh, Squared Circle. I dropped off one of our uh, T-shirts and posters to him, and I ended up in his basement recording, and he uh, replayed it again this past week on his uh, Knights of the Squared Circle on Coyote 103. So Fantastic. we're all connected. And so it's good to get the word out. Uh, Ontario has been kind of getting back a little bit uh, with uh, Alpha One, New School, and uh, some Destiny. But it is very spotty, and not many people can go, obviously, with our restrictions. So I know myself with working in the health industry, I'm not getting to any of those shows until things are a little bit better and I'm just waiting to even get back to Tyson's school to uh, record them. So we'll uh, support when we can and what we can and just be patient and wait and stay safe. So um, normally I do uh, do Ontario report, but there isn't anything, like I said. Uh, so we're going to jump into the news. I'm going to run down some of the uh, things. I might take a pause and get your uh, guys' feedback on some of the uh, things going on. Uh, so, uh, it was reported that uh, Simone Johnson is now working on injury number three to and surgery number three to her knees, and she hasn't even really done much uh, in the performance center uh, beyond that. Uh, so she's always been uh, healing. James Storm is now a free agent. Um, he's gone from Impact Wrestling, and so or sorry, NWA. My apologies. And uh, so now it's up in the air where he'll end up uh, going. Karrion Cross, who injured his shoulder in his match with Keith Lee at TakeOver and had to drop the title, is already back in the gym working out with uh, John Morrison and others. Uh, it could be on a fast track back to the ring. And AJ Styles might be uh, rumored to be moving to Raw again now that Paul Heyman is representing uh, Roman Reigns. And he could be part of one of the main uh, draws in the uh, upcoming draft next month. So thoughts on any of the uh, guys? Uh, yeah, I could jump in on Simone Johnson. I mean, um, as we can all, we all know, uh, as much as we want to say talent resonates and translates through generations, sometimes it does and sometimes it does not. Uh, with the Maivia family, of course, you know, you had The Rock, Rocky Johnson's dad, and you also had High Chief Peter Maivia. Those were both great legends in their own time periods, and The Rock transcended that. Uh, nothing against his daughter, but I just don't think she cuts the mustard. I kind of put her in the same caliber, and I, I may get a lot of heat for this as a Tamina Snuka. Uh, Superfly was fantastic. He was great. Tamina, not so much. She's had bad knees since, like, day one, almost as bad as Nia Jax. I just don't think the bloodline is going to translate through to her. I hope we see something different. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm proved wrong, I'm okay with that. But I honestly and truly believe that she will not 
uh, transcend just like her dad. She's going to be way, way, way down bottom of the food chain with that. And Adam? Um, for myself, it's actually the James Storm thing that's actually just the, I wouldn't say the most shocking, just because I was a huge fan, a big uh, proponent of like the NWA once it would, the resurgence happened late last year. And then even going into the beginning of this year, I was a real big fan of everything that they were doing. Um, and it's just a real shame that COVID has taken quite a toll on a lot of independent professional wrestling companies and the NWA specifically um, seemed like a lot of the, you know, talent that's been recently released now being picked up in other places, you know, like a Ricky Starks, a Wade Barrett. It's just, it's just one person after another at this point. Um, I'm not sure exactly where James Storm would go in this sense. I feel like everyone's gonna be like, Oh, he's a perfect fit for AEW, but I'm sorry, but AEW has a roster of like what? 650 at this point. Um, <laughs> exactly. And WWE, I think they've lost track with how many they fired and rehired in the last like what year and a half. So, Honestly, the best place for him to probably go is Impact Wrestling, unless he's just going to be circling the indies. And what indies are there right now with very limited shows? So, well, the states yeah. doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Sorry to interject, but states has shows open up all over the place. So, yeah, but should they? No, but look at their look at their leader. I mean, the guy told his fucking constituents. I don't know if I can swear or not, Sean. Oh yeah, you're well, good now. So yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> what constituents do like? drink malaria medication. So, I mean, they do everything half-ass backwards over there. That's 100% true. I honestly think he would fit. I agree with you, Adam. He'll fit very well in Impact. I definitely see him playing a major role in the X Division for a little bit, then jumping to the heavyweight side of things. Maybe they might even mash him up together with a tag team. We all know how mashed up tag teams tend to have some success. But also, as we all know, if you listen to my show, I'm a proponent of the guys that come up together. Yeah, I can see uh, him definitely going back to Impact. It would be nice uh, to have that sort of uh, veteran leadership uh, and not just a bunch of pickups from uh, the guys who were uh, let go in April by WWE. That did happen. Uh, but if you're looking at what he could do in a AEW or WWE, people are always going to point out to put him back with Robert Roode for beer money or... I've also seen uh, people want him to come to AEW and be teamed up with Hangman Page because Page needs a new tag team partner since Omega is going to be dumping him. I thought Page was going to rehab. Isn't that not the next angle? My bad. I don't know. Sorry. Anything's possible, especially with um, uh, Like you said, they have like 600 uh, people and they don't know what to do with them. That's why AEW Dark has like 11 matches and everybody's getting lost in the shuffle. Mm Mm-hmm. So well, that happens when you have an oversaturation of talent, and that's the truth. I mean, even we t- talking about NWA Thunder Rosa. I mean, they, they're they're lending their talent out, their champions out. And I had her on the show. She was very excited about being with with NWA. She was very excited about what was going to happen with her title run, all the storylines that were going to mix over there. They were working on the angle with her and Marty Bell. They were also working on the angle with Melina, and it never came to fruition because COVID kind of stonewalled and stopped everything. So I honestly and truly believe, uh, like Adam said. The roster is just oversaturated, and it seems they keep bringing in people that are purposely going to take shots at the WWE, yet the WWE has not returned any of these shots. There's yeah. new play, but there hasn't really been factual. Like Miro, the best man, whatever the frick his name is now, he came oh out God. right away. All, like the best man of who? Like is he going to be the best man at Cody and Brandy's like 10-year wedding anniversary? Is that what's going to happen? I'm not sure. Like I don't but understand. we put into an angle with another guy and a bride. Like, that's what happened uh, as his own wife left him for Bobby Lashley. Like, dude, ah, it's just annoying to see stuff like that. And meanwhile, 
we've said it numerous times on this show, and Stephen usually goes off on a real tirade. Uh, yeah, I've heard him. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's allowed to uh, talk about AEW, but they came out saying we're going to be sports-oriented, uh, more uh, realistic, and all this other stuff that they guaranteed, and they're doing the reverse. They're living, uh, trying to honor Dusty Rhodes because, God forbid, anything of his gets tarnished uh, in the past, so Cody's getting to relive that. You got all these different uh, factions popping up, referees not doing anything. It's a cluster, and you can tell it's being run by a mark who wants to just be tossing money around to put on his own show. Eric Bischoff, too. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear True. So continuing with the news, Robert Roode, I mentioned earlier, he's uh, due to come back to WWE soon. Uh, I guess he's coming, going to be able to cross the border and just like Sami Zayn return. Edge and Dana Bryan have been working as the writing team, uh, but now they've been divided again because they brought the, both teams together, Raw and SmackDown, and now they're dividing them again. So Edge is going to be with uh, Raw, Daniel, Bryan with SmackDown, and they're doing it how we are. Uh, right now, just uh, phoning it in since he's uh, Edge has his rehab going on and Daniel's with his family, uh, but they're at least able to do that. Retribution might have a match this Sunday, or they might hold it off to SummerSlam. I mean, Survivor Series against the Hurt Business. Serena Deeb, uh, former WD uh, talent uh, trainer and everything, she signed with AEW. Once again, adding more people. Oh, so it's 651 now. Yeah. 651 now. Okay, mark it down. You got it? And mark it? I was yeah, after good. match with Thunder Rosa uh, actually impressing, which is understandable considering Kenny Omega is running a uh, talent uh, pool of green girls that don't know what they're doing, so they're finally finding girls that know what they're doing. Uh, there's talk that uh, Harry Smith might be coming to – uh, NXT UK uh, could be as far as late as December, uh, depending on what his contract status with MLW is. That would be a Here. very good get for NXT UK. A yeah. wonderful get for them. Just to have like someone with their experience and just that type of name recognition backstage or whatever, just working with their, their talent that they have, that'd be phenomenal. Well, even, even his size and going against maybe a Walter. Well, oh, yeah, that's be. like the easy one to kind of throw out the window, but like just working with like a lot of these other guys that, you know, are up and coming within just the company itself. It's just, it's a really good get for them to have. And it would be a good fit. Yeah. You put him with a guy like Devlin or you, you have him even you yeah. work with a guy like Tyler Bate, like Bate has unlimited potential. And I don't think he's even scratched the surface of his peak. He's had some impressive shows. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's still room for improvement there. And I mean, maybe even help Trent Severn lose the beer gut. That might be awesome. Yeah. That'd be cool to uh, see happen. Um, WD getting into the wine business. And <laughs> Undertaker, a 30 year celebration uh, bottle. And Jonesy is in the background. Just is that like death in a bottle? Because I mean, it's the Undertaker. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's a bottle. It should be in the shape of an urn. Let's be honest. That'd be cool. That's true. Yeah. And the Ultimate Warrior one should literally come running at you in the liquor store and shake by it. That should be like a little sound machine as soon as you pop the cork, it goes den and then 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 what the hell? Just run around your backyard with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be wine, it's gonna be something else if it makes you know it's over a hundred dollars a bottle, right? 
Yeah, hundred dollars for like two bottles, and you can mix and match or something like that. And oh, the warrior bottles, they're going to have uh, different corks in them and stuff like that. But is this a good idea for them doing? No, I, I think that the one thing they should do though is if they were to like give everybody a wine, Steve Austin should be a boxed wine because he's kind of like a down to earth beer man. So make it a boxed wine, or even put wine in cans so people can just smash them together. But you have to wear white when you do that. You have to wear white so that you can get it all over your shit. You know what? They've they've come up with some pretty dumb ideas over the years. You know what? And <laughs> this, this could be their little like homage to you know the whole little bit of the bubbly of their own version of that. You know, so yeah, that was I mean, it came up to me was thinking, oh, you know, they uh, Jericho's doing his wine, so here's or his champagne, so here's this. Yeah, you well, know, WWE, in WWE's version, yeah, in WWE's version, it's anything you can do, we can do bigger. Right, so not better, just bigger. Yeah. So for a hundred dollars a bottle for two bottles, uh -uh, count me out. Count me out. I'll go to the metro across the street from my house and buy three bottles for eight bucks. I'm good. There you go. Uh, so Roman Reigns, I guess, uh, mentioned that he's going to be doing a little bit of a change uh, now that he's the uh, tribal king. Uh, so I guess maybe he won't be wearing the flak jacket anymore, but oh, still wearing the pants. Oh. That's what he's saying. He's getting rid of the jacket, and he'll have his tattoos all out and stuff like that. Uh, do you think it makes any difference, or should she do more than just get rid of the flak jacket? I'm excited to talk about the flak jacket, actually, actually because um, I was a I was a big negative on that, and then when he came up with the one that looked like a long-haired Michael Jordan, that one I absolutely uh, just flat out hated and disgusted me and everything about the character itself has been very confusing up to this point the one thing i've always said even in my early days when i was talking straight wwe before i branched out in the interviews was that he needs to go heel and he needs to be with a guy like Heyman because he does better when he's not on the mic they finally did it, it took like three years to get to that point i i'm excited for it but i don't think what you wear doesn't matter you know what if you want to go back to old school stuff go back to the spandex shorts you used to wear in obw like it, I don't care what you wear. Just go out to the ring and do your job, and maybe do your job well for a change. Just a small amount would be awesome. See, my only problem is at the moment with this whole potential heel change that he's uh, doing. Is Heyman enough? Because he's standing in the ring at the end of uh, SmackDown, proclaiming, "This is my yard. This is my island, and everything." You're the champion. Of course it is. How is it? How are you a heel? Now, of course, if he ends up uh, destroying his cousin in no time, and maybe that starts uh, making him doing more heel tactics, but, you know, he's coming out, signing a contract, and won the title just by hitting his move. Is that a heel thing? Damn right it is. Absolutely it is. I'm sorry, but, like, I have been one of the biggest proponents of Roman Reigns since coming back as this has been one of the best versions of Roman Reigns that I have seen since probably the Shield original breakup with Seth Rollins. I'm really digging the whole thing with uh, Paul Heyman right now. It's not making me want to like him because he's a heel, as what the biggest trap that a lot of heels nowadays happen to have, that everyone hates the babyface because, oh, he's just being a smurvy babyface, and everyone likes the cool heel because everyone wants to be stone-cold friggin' Steve Austin. But no, it's Roman Reigns just doing his own thing with Paul Heyman, and it's great. They're doing their own little – if this got a little bit more time probably before COVID started and was running throughout COVID, this would be one of the most popular things that 2020 would have probably 
would be Roman Reigns in this heel turn. Kind of like the whole thing with Bailey and Sasha Banks. The whole thing with Drew actually having an, a pretty good, successful championship title reign, you know, for the most part. Um, there's just certain things that COVID was able to help escalate and make them even better because they didn't have a crowd around them. I think that if Roman Reigns didn't have a crowd around him uh, with Paul Heyman in this atmosphere and this type of, you know, environment, he would be getting over much more bigger as a heel and he would just make his stake in the company even a lot higher. I do like the fact that he is with Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman was such an antagonist beforehand, but you also look at 30 years history of Paul Heyman with that family. Uh, going back to being a manager of the Samoan SWAT team. And so he does have that uh, history with them that they can bring along uh, for the ride. And I actually do see uh, potentially both Usos joining. And uh, when I think it's Jimmy is the one that's injured, when he can come back and have the Samoan dynasty type uh, thing built with Paul Heyman as the uh, manager. I don't think you're wrong in that. I think you're you're definitely on the right train of thought. But well, let's just be honest here. The one thing that you discussed earlier, you actually mentioned, Sean, was that he's gonna is he gonna destroy his cousin? 100. percent Anybody that thinks that uh, that Jimmy or Jay, I think it's Jay, right? Any uh, Jay going in there and having any kind of a, a standing chance against him? This is a flat out squash match. This is just to show pure dominance in Roman Reigns in the character. Show everybody that family or non-family, he's going to run through you like he's always proclaimed. So this will be an actual chance for him to fully plant a flag there and say, this is my yard, this is my island, and I'm going to show you by completely decimating my my family. And then you're probably right, that'll cause something to come back. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but this is a flat-out squash match. I don't see this right. being the most entertaining match at Clash of Champions. I see it being 10 minutes flat, maybe 12, and it's over. See, we want that to happen. It should happen that way, but let's be honest. Just because you said it, it's not going to happen. Because I said it's all because I put it out in the universe. It's not going to happen. Well, that's the rule of thumb. If you put something out in the universe, it means it's not going to happen. Okay, fine. I take it back. Jimmy's going to win the title in three minutes. There we go. All right. There we go. We'll save that. We'll save that. We're going to save. George said, and I quote, Jey Uso in three minutes, new new world champion. Perfect. So, yeah, just to finish up some of the uh, stuff that also is leading into our uh, reviews of uh, the last couple shows. Uh, CM Punk uh, insulted the uh, guys from uh, Retribution with the name uh, Slapjack and uh, made it look like his uh, uh, mask was made from a paper plate. And both uh, Slapjack and T-Bar were able to uh, get back at him, especially with T-Bar mentioning uh, the fact that uh, they're going to be more successful than he was as a leader of the Nexus. Uh, so they at least uh, remember that and burned because I guess uh, Punk uh, did before uh, everybody got revealed hint that he was going to be the leader of Retribution just to troll people and everything. And so they kind of got him back on that. Uh, Ryback is apparently going to return to the ring. Where do you think he'll go? To if the, the NWA was still McDonald's. running. Sorry, go ahead. To the dumpster behind McDonald's. <laughs> any, any McDonald's. Yeah, anyway. just find his local McDonald's and um, jump in. Jump right in. Yeah. No, honestly, I was going to say, like, if the NWA was still running as regularly, I could see them making a pitch for him, whether it be short-term or long-term. I could 
see them, you know, wanting to bring Rye back in for a few shows. I mean, they brought Scott Steiner in randomly for a couple of those episodes, just for no apparent reason. And especially if they wanted to bring him as a heater behind, like, what, Damien Sandow was doing his little thing with that? Like, that would have been fantastic. I could have got behind that. Yeah, that would have worked. Uh, well, why don't we just make him the, the 652nd uh, roster member of AEW? No, that goes to Gerald Briscoe, who is apparently going to be joining them. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, WD Battlegrounds has uh, had some screenshots that have been uh, pointed out interesting. <laughs> they, I guess, solved the one with Tessa Blanchard, but I guess other screenshots include CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, and Ted DiBiase Jr. So, Ted, really? Is he, is he still floating around? Uh, no, he's, he's gotten, I guess, sued or something by the government for tax evasion or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Definitely I not. has a price. Don't. Yeah, but I guess there's a one of those screenshots uh, that's cartooned like how Tessa's was, but it's of Cody and uh, Ted tagging, and there was also like CM Punk uh, pinning John Cena as a how to make a pin. I like, mean, okay, well here's the thing with the CM Punk and like the Diviasi and whatever. They own the footage. They own like the actual probably the pictures that were taken for that. So that's up to them to do whatever the hell they want with it into introducing the game. It could be just like a little aha moment. See it in the whole Tessa Blanchard thing is the one that a lot of people was and should have gotten a lot of like, eh, that's that's not right of them to be able to use her likeness when they have like 50 some odd women on the roster, both NXT yeah. and WWE. So and made it seem as though is she coming in, which people want uh, that to happen, but they use Do they know? Uh, who knows? Uh, at least it'd be something exciting, uh, a little bit of shake up there. Uh, I don't see her going to AEW, even though her dad's there because of what Tony Khan has said about how uh, the different racial things, like the Hogan's aren't in, uh, allowed to be there and whatever. So she'd have to do possibly some public apology, even though she's denied what they she was accused of before she'd get hired by Tony Khan, or that'd make him a hypocrite. Uh, speaking of AEW and uh, trademarks and stuff like that, Cody is still looking to uh, get trademarks of his dad and uh, still got denied using the American Dream, uh, the Match Beyond, and Slamboree. So he's trying to get all those things that his dad created just to save sort of the legacy of Dusty. Meanwhile, I don't think WD's ever really tarnished it since he worked for them. Yes, WD made fun of him with the polka dots and Virgil and uh, Akeem, the African dream. But after he hey, came... Hey, Akeem was awesome. You shut your mouth, all right? Oh, I love Akeem. That man could down circles out of all three of us. I'm just saying. Especially George, he can't I dance. Got too. I got you got rhythm. rhythm. You got that one move at the dance bar, and I know in Brampton it's probably my move. And I stay in my space. That's my move. I stay in my oh, space. Okay. Oh, you do. It's not unusual. Okay, yeah. very nice. <laughs> well, he clearly was a slap in Dusty Rhodes' face to have the African dream. Oh, well, so was the Nacho Man. Yeah. Like, WWE does that with their older talent all the time. But I think Cody, I thought the whole point of AEW was to carve out a new legacy. Why are you going back? 
That's yeah. that's the head scratcher. You've already done something. You've got a steamroll. You're you're you beat NXT in the ratings. Like there was no war, fine, but there actually was. At the end of the day, you've brought some of the better talent that was underutilized in WWE, and you've already made them way better. You put them in better matches. I'm like again, I could go all day, but the revival, FTR. I've been behind those guys since the NXT days. I thought they were flat out one of the best tag teams in the world right now in this current moment in time for the last three years. And I felt that they were underutilized, much like Anderson and Gallows. These guys were multiple-time IWGP champions. How could you make them in a fraction, or faction, sorry, with AJ Styles, which is fine, the OC, that's cool. But remember before, nerd, every five minutes? Like, fuck. They just don't know how to utilize their talent properly. So... Cody's done a couple great things by bringing certain talent over. And I think it was a good move for Gallows Anderson to go to Impact because I know they're going to run it. I can't wait to see them go up against the North, Josh Alexander and Ether Page. Like, shut the hell up and take my money. Why Scott Demore hasn't made that match already. I don't even care if it's for gold. Just put those four in a ring. I can't wait. But the the fact is, is that I thought AW was to carve out a new legacy. Why are you going after your dad's legacy? Make your own. Yeah, that's been my point uh, for a long time. I. Come on, he brought back Bash at the Beach as a special uh, January uh, edition of uh, AEW. He's doing going to do his own uh, war games, Blood and Guts, you know, and all this other stuff, and trying to get these uh, different uh, trademarks of Dusty's. Let it go. Honor your dad by having a great career, not rehashing all his stuff. See, at one point I can actually say like, and understand the whole, you know, honor the past type deal. Like you bring in the legends, you bring in the different things, you bring in certain stipulations that have made a, a mark in this industry, like a steel cage, the dog collar match, things that, you know, those NWA matches are known for. And those, you know, I you know, those mid South matches that Cody and Tony Khan are really interested in making their own in the new era. But I get what you're saying about using certain trademarks that have already been around for the last 20 some odd years, even if they haven't been used like a slamboree or whatever. It's just, I think they really need to focus a, as you guys already pointed out on their future, on their guys. And I think they need to just worry about the talent that they have rather than the creative that's steamrolling behind it. Because I feel like they're at this point, kind of like with WWE with creative writers, there's too many, you know, irons in the fire at this point. And I feel like that's one of the biggest downfalls that AEW has always had since day one, uh, besides having the 651-person roster. Um, Briscoe's coming, remember? Briscoe's coming. Oh, yes, yes, of course, of course. So, yeah, I feel like that's just kind of the main issue. It's all, all, they can honor the past, they can do all that type of stuff that's great, just know, they just got to know the lane, they got to stick with it, and don't make a mockery of the business that people like Dusty Rhodes help try to preserve and create yeah and that's the thing like come up with your own concepts uh, be they did the mimosa pit match or whatever the hell it was oh yeah because that, that was great uh, you're smiling so clearly you meant that statement I, I'm, I'm not sure we can mark <laughs> that on the tape with george's three minute uso uh wins yeah. on, or on sunday i still put my stamp behind it i think it's gonna happen of course you know. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so uh, I just got a message from Ryan Knight. He'd like to join us. We finished up our uh, news segment, so it's good to bring him in. And 
Hey, Ryan, how are you? It's ya? a party in here. <laughs> Another uh, member of the Ontario Indie uh, Wrestling Podcast Network. Quickly tell uh, people about yourself, and then we're going to get into uh, some results of the past week or past couple of days and opinions of it. Awesome, man. Well, my name, of course, is Ryan Knight of Knights of the Squared Circle. You can catch us every Sunday at noon on Coyote 103. You can check us out on Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place, and uh, we do the same thing that these guys do. We just love pro wrestling. We love to talk about it. Awesome. Well, thank you and welcome. Uh, can't wait to see what uh, or who you just interviewed uh, before being able to join us. Uh, going to run down a couple things that happened on Dynamite. Did you guys watch Dynamite this week? I caught saw, the first half personally. Saw okay. bits and pieces, but I know the results, and I caught the the main things I wanted to see. Awesome. My my family was watching America's Got Talent because my daughter's best friend Roberta Batala was in the finals, so oh. we had to see if she was going to win. She came in fourth, so it was pretty good for her. She's eleven years old, so my Very daughter cool. wanted to watch that. But I did catch the highlights this morning in between brushing my teeth and getting my four year old out of bed. So that's a good thing. Because there really wasn't much highlight, so uh, we'll be able to run through this quickly. Uh, Miro had a really bad uh, debut teaming with uh, Kip Sabian. Uh, they beat Joey Janela and uh, Sonny Kiss, but he fell over the top rope, landed bad on his foot, botched a couple things, but finally got his foot back to, uh, I guess, healthy status, and they finished off the match, but he just looked like shit. Uh, in Does anybody know like what he was trying to do with uh, Kip Sabian when they went over the barricade, and no, he like I dropped think. him on the con? I have no idea what they were going for with that. I just want to know why just how his debauch over the top rope was almost like Titus O'Neil sliding. <laughs> I just I want to know why that hasn't been brought up yet. Yeah, that was a weird going over the top rope thing and his land, and then I think he was uh, going to try and uh, launch. Uh, Saving into Janela, but Janela uh, was in a different spot. It just looked really horrible. And you wonder why Jim Cornette calls him uh, Jelly Nutella. It's just <laughs> horrible. Eddie Kingston uh, cut a promo because he's now into the uh, main event since Lance Archer got COVID and he's out. The whole six man tag got thrown to the uh, curb. Uh, Hangman Page. Uh, beat Evil Uno. Stu Grayson also wasn't uh, around, so I'm wondering if he uh, possibly caught something too. Uh, Omega was on commentary, and they're still teasing that whole split up, but we're friends. I don't know. They're going to eventually clash. Uh, Brody Lee uh, beat Orange Cassidy. Uh, Cody Rhodes returned with a uh, darker hair and uh, more aggression. And later on, Brody challenged uh, Cody to a dog collar match which is probably going to happen at the anniversary show on October 14th if Cody accepts next week. Uh, there was a bunch of talking segments, though, which is not like AEW normally, but uh, Matt Hardy came out with Private Party, Inner Circle ended up interjecting uh, themselves. Uh, Hardy thinks that uh, Jericho took out his knee, and somehow it all ended up with Isaiah Cassidy challenging Jericho at the end of uh, the whole segment, so that's going to happen next week. And Sammy Guevara is back. Uh, FTR then had a talking segment, and they're going to do a 20-minute brush with uh, greatness uh, segment, I guess, maybe every week. But, of course, we got told the TNT title would be defended every week. So I don't know if they know what they're doing on that one. But they're going to do a 20-minute uh, match that if people don't beat them, then they get the win. But if they beat them, then obviously the title is on the line. 
uh, best friends came out to uh, start something they accepted, but then left type deal. Uh, so that was nothing. Shira, uh, Shida, sorry, and uh, Thunder Rosa beat Ivelisse and uh, Diamante. And the main event saw Eddie Kingston lose to uh, John Moxley, but all hell broke loose when Penta and uh, Phoenix came out to assault them. Will Hobbs came out. Tent, uh, Taz came out with then Ricky Starks and Darby Allen uh, came out, but all the uh, heels stood proud afterwards. So that's Dynamite in a nutshell. Thoughts? I just want to go back quickly to the uh, the TNT Championship. Was it supposed to be defended every week? I know Cody had said that he was going to be, uh, you know, doing the open challenge each week, but was that belt meant to be uh, defended each week outside of that? I don't I think, think it was. was. The initial plan, but then. Yeah, even Cody didn't defend it every week. Adam, well, you were going to say something? Well, I was going to say that's on Cody, but I mean, it makes sense that the heel's going to be a coward and not defend his title every single week. I'm okay with that. So, yeah, I think we should uh, highlight. Uh, sorry, I think we should highlight the Thunder Rosa match. I mean, that was probably the best match of the night, in my opinion. The yeah, women's probably was solid across the board. It always is. I mean, no matter no matter where they are in the card, at least for the AW side of stuff. The women's match seems to deliver. Ever since they started bringing in the bigger names, like you mentioned earlier in the show, Son, the women's the women's division is in very, very good hands. And as far as uh, for Kenny and Hangman, we're friends, but we're not friends. Uh, one movie comes to mind, Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Great movie, by the way. It is a great movie. Lindsay Lohan was hot and drug-free. Absolutely agree. <laughs> Although the best thing about Dynamite, in my opinion, was the Eddie Kingston promo with the whole calling out Moxley thing. Like that dude is on another level when it comes to being a, like doing an actual promo. Everyone comes out playing wrestler. That guy is a wrestler, in my opinion. So, in like just like the whole like minute and a half, maybe even less that he had, he made you automatically think, "Yep, he's deserving of being in that spot. Yep, he could actually beat Moxley, and yep, he should be the main bad guy and the main heel in this company, leading whoever the hell he wants as the heavyweight champion." So, it was and then they gave they... away the match and then the finish, and then it doesn't make sense. So. <laughs> it's good that they had that sort of built in because he didn't get eliminated in that battle royal. But, you know, all of a sudden uh, with Archer coming up with COVID, then they had something quickly to build in because I don't know how soon they announced uh, or he told AEW that he was sick because they didn't uh, have much time announcing it from the start of the show. I think it was only a couple hours yesterday that they'd. Uh, I made the yeah, announcement. It, it hit Twitter like I want to say around two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Then they could delay it a little bit. Then, if that's the case, if he's going to be out for at least a couple weeks, don't give us the match right away. It could have ended in a schmoz with all of Kingston's guys running out and then maybe setting up something like an eight man tag for next week and then a match after that. Like you have like two, three weeks of TV that you could have easily just done, boom, 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 and it would have been compelling stuff between Kingston and Moxley on the microphone, and now they just blew it away in one shot. Yeah, and they say that Moxley's just going to show up next week on uh, AEW, but nothing else. It's like, oh, he's going to be here. Well, he's the champ, shouldn't he? <laughs> uh, two words for you, Brock Lesnar. Okay, true, but... It's Brock Lesnar. It's not. Uh, I mean, it's John understandable Lesnar. why he forgot about that. <laughs> the guy's never around. Yeah. Uh, so just quickly uh, before we start uh, talking about uh, 
what Raw was and our thoughts on it. Uh, NXT is uh, building up to TakeOver 31. That's going to be on the network on October uh, 4th. And so far, three matches have Damian Priest defending his North American title against Johnny Gargano, Io Shirai against Candice LeRae for the women's title because she won the Battle Royal last night, and Finn Balor is going to defend the NXT title against Kyle O'Reilly, who won the gauntlet match that uh, occurred. That's the one I want to watch. I'll be Absolutely. Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly, I've always said it. As much as I love Fish and O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly by himself is a beast. That dude can hit another level so many different ways, and he can hurt you so many different ways. That right there is a very, very, very possibility for a match of the year candidate, in my honest opinion. The what, what those the story those two will tell will be unparalleled. Undoubtedly. Former Ring of Honor world champion as well. I don't want to have a cigarette when it's all said and done. Like a four-hour sex marathon, it'll just be epic. Very cool. Uh, so uh, I said to the guys uh, before we started the show, uh, Ryan, that – Raw had a little bit of a bad outing as far Shit as I'm show. Concerned. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I've been accused on, uh, that I am a WD apologist. I can't apologize for this one, and this, yeah, it's crazy. Just going to point out some uh, stuff that happened because I'm not running through that whole uh, shit show, but at least thoughts on where things stand. Disqualifications in three matches that happened during the night. Zelina Vega is the number one contender for the women's title after only having, what, two matches in her whole WWE career? Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, they're split up from the Iconics, but they can still be friends in each other's corner. Why bother splitting them up? Andrade and uh, Garza are still a team after multiple breakups and still getting tag team title shots since WrestleMania? Like, this is at least their eighth attempt, and they've had, like, one win by, I think, a disqualification uh, going on. Trash TV with the Mysterio family. The Hurt Business. Are they heels? Are they faces? Like, going against Retribution, they're faces. Going against Apollo and Ricochet, they're heels. Make up your melon. And, of course, there's Retribution that they now have contracts, even though they were destroying the place. So, hey... Be a hooligan, and we'll give you some money. Their names, Teabag, Mace, and Slapjack. God only knows what Mia Yim <laughs> and uh, Mercedes Martinez are going to end up having. You mean T-Bar, not T-Bag? Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that, I was that would be, to say it. I started laughing when he said T-Bag. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Okay. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> God, I don't know what you before the show, but it was I not. See, I thought he was going to roll into like making fun of the names by going with more than that, like saying tea bag and you know whatever, yeah, and he just kept going with the normal names. I'm like, oh, Mr. Flub. Yeah, <laughs> go figure. But you know, he's going to end up with a uh, move like uh, earthquake to finish, and they'll be calling that the tea bag. But calling <laughs> other wrestlers whores for accepting the money that you just signed a contract for. So what's your problem? No, no, Ixnay, Ixnay. We don't, we don't talk about that. Oh but yeah. How can you sign a contract when you already have a contract? Exactly. But yeah. they're not who they think they are. No, it's because we're dumb, guys. You got to remember, we as wrestling fans are dumb, what? and they can just do everything, and we we just understand. It just makes sense. And then they hot oh, shot. That makes so much more fan. sense. Thank you. Right? Okay. Yeah, we just we just have to be dumb as wrestling fans, and we'll be all right. <laughs> 
Gotcha. I forgot the frying pan this morning. I'm supposed to. It said, well, if you watch our product, hit yourself once in the head per day. It's forgot. My I bad. You throw up the anti drug commercial from the 90s. This is your brain. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would follow up by Icapro, you know, dumb and dumber. Yeah. And then, of course, they get told that they have contracts and can do whatever they want. But in the main event, it looked like Slap uh, Jack ended up tapping. You uh, almost said Slap Nut. <laughs> bang and Slap Nut. <laughs> For oh, sure. Man. But back there. I mean, he could be working creative. So. Exactly. <laughs> He's tapping out to that uh, Hurt Law. I mean, the uh, Full Nelson. The referee looks like he's acknowledging it, and he get, Lashley gets poked in the eye. I thought, and the disqualification supposedly happens. I thought they could do whatever they want. Well, better a poke in the eye than a tea bag. You know what I mean? True. <laughs> so it's <laughs> so uh, crazy. Uh, and then, of course, the 50 50 booking or non finishes with uh, Keith Lee because we bring him in, put him in main event areas, but we can't defeat him, but he can't defeat anybody else. So we have non finishes. Have at it, guys. What whoops heads or tails do you make of this? All right. First of all, I'm gonna say it out loud. I love the look of uh retribution. Uh, <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. <laughs> no, no, here I was saying this to my friends. I I'm I'm it joking. Like I'm joking for the record. Um what I was saying before to my friends about this, uh, who have joined me by the way at schwastyle.pompy.com when we were doing Schwastyle podcasts. Silly plug right there. Um, was the fact that if this was almost, I can't believe I'm going to say if it was like something, if it was almost like aces and eights in the sense, like they were fully masked. We didn't know who they were. We didn't know anything about them. We couldn't clearly tell it was Mia Yim. We couldn't clearly tell it was Diamond Dijak or Dijakovic or whatever the hell his NXT WWE name is. If we didn't know all that type of stuff and it was just these guys in the hoods and they had to give these guys nicknames so the announcers could, you know, describe who this person is, who that person is. Okay, sure. That's fine. And then one by one, they're getting unmasked as these random people. And then they are given their WWE NXT names, whatever, like, oh, under the hood. Oh my God, it's me. Yeah. Oh, that was that person all along. Sure. I'm completely behind that 100%. But going with the whole, you know, Mad Max meets nexus meets whatever thing it's just it seems so staged except for dion madden or dio uh whatever his name is the former commentator for uh monday night raw he actually looks pretty cool but everyone else just looks horrific like me and nim like trying to act all badass while pulling up her mask every five seconds like just yeah. i don't know like it has potential don't get me wrong but i feel like it's automatically just going to be shit on because of what they're going to do with it. I have to disagree with you. It had potential. It no, no, 100% it had. had potential. No, I I agree. You're That's probably what I should have said. It had potential until like, you know, they come out looking the way they did. I feel like if they would have done almost like an aces and eight style with it, we could have, you know, maybe salvaged this maybe just a little bit, which I can't believe I'm saying in 2020, if only something was like the impact group that everyone hated <laughs> that, you know, they would be so much better, but yeah. Uh, needless to say, I it's just another squandered possibility of what could have happened that we're going to look back in five to ten years. So yeah, but that's what Vince McMahon does best. He squanders possibilities instead of having these these guys and girls that do so well in the NXT brand, so well in the NXT product. When he brings them up, what does he do? He buries them each and every one of them. So where are we going to see Keith Lee in six months to a year? Probably mid Carter, 
probably see him every other week on Raw. If they were still running main events or, you know, the Tuesday night specials that they used to run, all that horse shit, we would see him on there. So eventually his contract got released. Then AEW would pick him up as roster member number 697 by the time that they got through it. At the end of the day, Vince McMahon does what Vince McMahon does best, which is literally shit on anything that's good within his product. As far as I'm concerned, he should have went behind the woodshed old yellow style years ago, put a bowl in the back of his head, and let his fucking son-in-law run the show. Because Triple H, what he's done with NXT, what he did with NXT, what he's continuing to do, is nothing short of fantastic. Even now, during COVID times, NXT's been the stronger brand. In the WWE realm of the world. Not in the wrestling business, but in the realm of the WWE, NXT has always been number one and will continue to be number one. But every time somebody comes up, all he does is shit on him. And to touch on one thing with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, yes, they're broken up, but they're still friends. Who's doing the same storyline? AEW. Hi, Hangman Page. Hi, Kenny Omega. It's the same fucking storyline. So if AEW can do it, why can't WWE? AEW's got a shit idea there, but WWE run with it too. It is what it is. It's just the quality of the world that even though they're not competing with each other, they 150% are. Just AEW is more vocal and out there with the shots that they're taking, i.e. the best man. Which, by the way, is still a stupid idea. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's the same, though, when you look at the – when they did that fucking eye patch gimmick with uh, Hangman. Or not Hangman, with uh, Moxley, sorry. They did the whole eye patch gimmick with him. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Fucking shit, Looked badass. However, you got to remember fucking, uh, well, they did the same thing with Mysterio. Then all of a sudden Mysterio's eyes being taken out. It's the same shit, right? So The best thing, though, was when Moxley had the eye patch thing and he went to Japan and fought, uh, who was it, Minoru Suzuki. Lost the eye patch within a minute and a half. Suzuki's like, oh, that fucking thing's stupid. Take that off. And then he's like having to pretend like his eye hurts. He's like, oh, well, whatever. We'll go 20 minutes, start throwing forearms. That motherfucker wore an eye patch the entire cruise this past year. Five days on a fucking cruise. That dude, every time we saw him, he was wearing an eye patch. It was wild. That's amazing. That's 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 craftsmanship right there. That's sticking yeah. to that's kayfabe one on one right there. Don't break it. Yep. Don't break it. I have one fucking eye, but I will still beat the shit out of you. By the way, <laughs> thanks for paying five grand for my cruise. Hey. Yeah. So we're going to bring in uh, a little bit of uh, nostalgia at the moment. Uh, Chris Jones, who joins us every week, I'm bringing him in. Uh, there's, he's going to do the this week in uh, history, but there's also one thing that all of us can chat about, and that's the unfortunate passing of Road Warrior Animal. So, Jonesy, coming from Niagara Falls, how are you, sir? You need to unmute yourself. <laughs> yep, there you I go. Was like- Thing for so long, right. and and I was busy, I was busy googling Icro Pro. Oh, good. Uh, so yeah, um, as uh, a lot of us got probably inundated on our uh, timelines yesterday, uh, depending on how many wrestling things you follow and wrestlers and everything. Uh, mine was loaded up with uh, this picture and other pictures of. Road Warrior Animal, John Laronitis, or Joe Laronitis, should I say. Uh, John is his brother. Uh, Joe Laronitis has passed away at age 60. Uh, he actually just turned 60 on September 12th, so not uh, long into his 60s. I uh, was celebrating his third anniversary with his uh, wife this past weekend, and yeah, it sounds like it's uh, natural causes. 
nothing uh, too crazy, but just a quick rundown of uh, his accomplishments. He started in 1982 as a singles wrestler, wasn't going anywhere uh, fast, then uh, ended up meeting up with Hawk. I think they both bounced in the same uh, bars and everything, and uh, they got paired up with Ellering in 83. They uh, worked in Japan, uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, AEW, or AEW, AWA, uh, WCW, WWF, WWE, and TNA. Over 20 tag team titles uh, around the world, uh, just with Hawk himself. Uh, two more with uh, Road Warrior Power, and of course, unfortunately, Heidenreich. Uh, it was part of this past season's uh, Dark Side of the Ring. He is the uh, in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2011 and the NWA Hall of Fame in 2012, and they were part of the PWA Tag Team of the Year in 83, 84, 85, and 88. So that's a long history of uh, Joe Laranitis. Um, he is the brother of John Laranitis, which most people remember as the surfer dude in the Dynamic Dudes, along with um, the... Uh, general manager for raw he's also uh backstage uh talent relations but joe is also the step uncle i guess of the bella twins so that father because he married their mom joe Lar uh, john larinus made uh and married, uh, oh, john married his mom. yeah john oh. yeah listen the bellas so john's also very mom. much alive yeah, the John Bell, is a lot. Mom's been around like the Bellas, okay? She's been with a few backstage correspondents. Yeah, so, yeah. Any, your thoughts on the uh, passing of Road Warrior Animal? Uh, it's it's sad. I mean, they were tag team. Again, tag team wrestling. They were the Bible book. You wanted to be a tag team. You studied these guys. You, you worked their career. You did everything that they did together. And uh, the fact that uh, he's passed, the only good thing I can say about it is I'm not a big believer in religion or God, but I do believe in heaven and hell. Uh, they're both definitely, hopefully, upstairs with the lives that they've led. And uh, they're wrestling now for the, uh, you know, the heavenly tag team championships, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, it sucks. I mean, anytime somebody goes, especially if it's natural causes, uh, it, it hurts even more. Especially at that, I mean, that's not old. That's not old at all. I mean, you're only in your 60s. That's still a lot of years left on this planet. And it's just unfortunate. It sucks. And my condolences to the whole Warren Ice family uh, and who or whoever's sleeping with uh, the Bella's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Josie, your thoughts on uh, passing of animal? It's a bummer. I, I, I grew up watching them in that, uh, seeing them alive a few times. Uh, I'm not heartbroken over it, but, uh, you know, I, I for Halloween, I might uh, paint my face that way. There you go. Adam or uh, Ryan, your thoughts? I mean, I think uh, George and Jonesy summed it up pretty well. Obviously, my condolences to the family. It's a, a massive loss to the wrestling world. Um, yeah, there's really not much else to say about it aside from just it's a shock. I mean, everybody was absolutely shocked by that yesterday. I don't think any of us expected to, uh, to see that while scrolling our timeline. And uh, it's all it's a testament, too, because it's weird that that's how we find out about all these things now. You know, we scroll through our timeline, and all of a sudden it's 40 pictures of the animal, and you're thinking, okay, what the hell happened? And then you got to find out whether or not it's actually true. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, again, just a tragedy all around. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a kid growing up in, you know, as a solo, like diehard WWF fan at the time, like Demolition was always my team, still is, is my favorite tag team of all time. Um, so when I heard rumblings of like the Legion of Doom coming in, I'm like, who are these Demolition imposters? What the hell is this all? <laughs> Didn't know who the hell these guys were or whatever. It's not until like a few years later, you know, when I got a little bit smart to the business that I, you know, did my research and really realized, oh, they're the original ones. Okay, good to know. But I remember my friends always playing, you know, you know, wrestling with like our, you know, wrestling buddies with the Hulk Hogan's and all that type of stuff. And my friend always wanted to be Legion of Doom. I'm like, let's be Demolition. He's like, no, no, I want to be Legion of Doom. I want to be Hawk. You could be Animal. I'm like, why, why do I got to be Animal? Because he's like, well, you're the bulkier of the two. I'm like, oh, you're calling me fat. Got it. Good to know. But um, when I got to, like, I was watching more Legion of Doom at that time, and we were, you know, playing with the dummies and stuff, and, like, Animal became my absolute favorite out of the two of them, just the way he talked in the promos. Like, everyone remembers, oh, what a rush with Hawk. But, like, Animal had, like, a lot of aggression behind it, but he was also very, like, articulate when he wanted to be with his promos and like just the different versions of his face paint and the way that he was able to, you know, make his career last as long as it did, like with the resurgence in WWE in the mid two thousands as well, it's just unprecedented. So of course my condolences goes to, you know, his entire family and ever all the fans that have had, he has had over the you know number of decades he was able to compete in this business. So. Yeah, I was going to actually point that out that what you talked about, Adam, because uh, depending on where you end up growing up and where you started watching wrestling, one was uh, the copy of the other. And uh, yeah, Demolition was my team as well uh, in 88 when I uh, saw them beat Strike Force and everything. And then, of course, in 90, here comes Hawk and Animal. But yeah, you realize that they were around longer. Uh, it's, they're going to have a legacy either way uh, in the business. And uh, a lot of teams are, and future tag teams are going to be inspired by the work of the Road Warriors. So condolences to the family. And that will go over to Jonesy. Uh, you guys can take a quick drink, break, whatever you need. Uh, and we're going to do, uh, I think it's about five minutes he's going to need for this week in history. Wait, catering's down the hall to the left, right? Just making yeah. sure. Okay, perfect. Hey, Just hey, get back here. George, don't you eat all the mozzarella up. sticks. I swear to God. Uh, I'm a jalapeno poppers guy, okay? Relax. Relax. <laughs> Where the hell did you send me? Uh, you went down the rabbit hole. Okay, there. Like, there is no fucking catering, but there is a rabbit. There's, okay, well, then there you go. You heard the flush. Uh, you can't flush right now. You can't flush right now. I'm saving what's in there, so don't flush. Use the thing. Noted. Noted. So shall we time travel? Let's time travel. It's this week in wrestling history where I talk really fast and you guys learn a lot of stuff. Though some of you probably already know. So this is covering from September 14th to the 24th. So September 18th, 64 years ago, Moolah won a 13-woman battle royal to win the battle, uh, big-hated NWA woman's belt. She would hold that belt for all but two months for 28 years until NWA broke away from WWF. Moolah would then be declared the WWF woman's champion. 38 years ago, after losing to Bob Backlund, Jimmy Snuka, to the crowd's surprise, shook Bobby's hand and cemented his good guy turn. Not Bobby. 
Who wrote that? Oh, that was me. Shaka Bra. 30 years ago, Saturday Night's main event was filmed on this day, marking the 28th edition. Rick Martel blinded Jake Roberts with his cologne arrogance on the Brother Love Show. Dusty Rhodes boy also on that show got teased and back clotheslined at ringside while Savage beat his ass in the ring. 26 years ago, All Bro 94 happened. It was the final appearance of the Dragon as he was fired via FedEx just a few days later. Team Rhodes, Nasty Boys, Dusty, and Dustin defeated the stud stable, Funk Anderson, Colonel Robert Parker, and Bunkhouse Buck in the overall main event. 25 years ago, the American Males, Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, won the WCW tag belts from Harlem Heat. 20 years ago, Raw's War left the USA Network, but would earn in a few years. And 11 years ago, Ultimate Warrior's court case against the WWE for damages to his ego over comments made by the company in the DVD self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior were dismissed by courts in Arizona and Warrior had to pay the WWE court fees of $19,000. Way to go, Warriors. Six years ago, Bobby Roode defeated Bobby Lashley to win the TNA heavyweight belt. Now on to September 19th, 27 years ago, WCW presented Fall Brawl 93. Lord Steven Regal defeated Ricky Steamboat to win the TV title. The Nasty Boys defeated Arn Anderson to win the tag titles. Stink, Baby Boy, Dustin, and the Crapmaster defeated Sid Hader and Harlem Heat in the War Games match. 21 years ago, saw the final pay-per-view of Taz as a full-time performer with ECW. He signed with WWE three days later. And on that show, Mike Awesome defeated Masato Tanaka and Taz to win the ECW World Belt. 16 years ago, New Jack missed his own first retirement show because he had an outstanding warrant in New York. 12 years ago, ROH presented Driven 2008. We've seen Al Generico and Kevin Steen defeat the Age of Fall, Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black, to win the ROH tag belts. And it's Renee Young's birthday. She's 35. Her real name, of course, is... Who cares? She's beautiful. Okay, September 28th, 35 days ago, Captain Lou Albano, at the age of 52, defeated a 67-year-old Freddie Blassie in a steel cage match. It would be Blassie's final match. No shit. 27 years ago, in Japan, Shinja Hashimoto defeated the group Muda to win the IWGP belt. 23 years ago, at ECW's As Good As It Gets pay-per-view, Yula McGittikuddy defeated Bill Alfonso in a bloody match that saw all in hospital following the match for days due to blood loss. Fonzie was booked to be written off TV, but because of his effort, he was spared of being fired. 21 years ago, saw The Rock and Mankind win the WWF tag belts for a second time, defeating The Undertaker and Big Show on Raw. And Stephanie McMahon made her in-ring debut on that show with Test, defeating Double J and the lovely Deborah. 16 years ago, Gene Snitsky delivers It Wasn't My Fault for the First Time. This stemmed from Snitsky hitting Kane with a car and causing Lita to get 
hurt in having a miscarriage. Classy. And Christy Hemme wins the 2004 Diva Search and 255, sorry, 250 Shamalis. Nine days ago, Matt Hardy is arrested in North Carolina after police found antibiotic steroids and ecstasy in his home. And a happy birthday to Joel Gertner. He's 45. Gertner managed the Dudleys and did play-by-play -play for ECW. Scott Hudson is 56. And a happy birthday to Arn Anderson. The Enforcer is 62. September 21st. Hulk Hogan defeats the Million Dollar Man at Saturday Main Event 23. 21 years ago, Triple H wrestled a record five times on SmackDown to get a shot at the title. The New Age Outlaws defeated The Rock and saw connection for the tag bouts, and Ken Shamrock had his last match in WWF, losing to Chris Jericho in a first blood match. 18 years ago, Xavier defeated Loki for the ROH title, also, Rocco Rock passed away 18 years ago. 17 years ago, at Unforgiven, Goldberg won the heavyweight belt from Triple H. On September 22nd, we are going to go 40 years back. Bob Black Backlin of the WWF defeated Harley Race of the NWA. Their belt would change because of a DQ, but both belts were up for grabs. 36 years ago, Big John Studd defeated Hogan via countout. Studd was Jesse Ventura's replacement as Jesse had blood, blood clots in his lungs. This was the end of Ventura's career in the ring. 24 years ago, in your house, 10 mind games was the debut of Mark Henry defeating Jerry Lawler. 23 uh, years ago, Rise War saw Cactus Jack's first match in WWF first Triple H, and Stone Cold got arrested. Over on Nitro, it was Goldberg's first match. 16 years ago, saw Ray Trailer, aka Big Boss Man, pass away, and nine years ago, El Gigante died of diabetes. He was 44. He was six foot two at the age of 16. And a happy birthday to Tommy Lasorda. He's 93. September 23. 33 years ago, WWF taped Saturday Night's Main Event 12, the premiere of Coco Beware's music video, Pile Driver. And I was busy for the next week. And the Mega Powers were born with the handshake of awesomeness. 25 years ago, Steve Austin makes his ECW debut as the Stevester mocking Hulk Hogan. 24 years ago, the public enemy defeated Harlem Heat to win the WCW tag belts. 19 years ago, WWF Unforgiven happened. Christian defeated Edge to win the IC belt. Rhino defeated Tajiri to win the US. And Kurt Angle defeated Austin by submission. And this would be the 103rd birthday of El Santo. He is credited with popularizing wrestling in Mexico. He would also star in 52 Lucha Libre films. El Santo was buried wearing his famous silver mask. And a happy birthday to Matt Hardy. He's 46 and not in jail. Eight years ago, IRS helped Ted DiBiase Jr. with his taxes. In September 24th, 36 years ago, in London, Ontario, saw the IC belt change hands for the first time in Canada. Greg Valentine defeated Tito Santana. Of note, Tito was injured going into match. 
and 30 years ago saw Herb Abrams' WWF tape, their first show, Happy Birthday, or sorry, UWF, that makes more sense now, and a happy birthday to Stephanie McMahon Levesque, she's 44. And that is what happened many years ago. A lot of this stuff makes me feel a little bit old. Um, when you say 25 years ago, Steve Austin made his ECW debuted. Holy shit, that was 25 years ago. So, guys, any uh, thoughts on some of those uh, moments in history that you uh, remember and stand out to you? I mean, I just personally love the segue between uh, steroids and ecstasy and then a happy birthday. That was one of my favorite segues I've ever seen. The history of our great sport, absolutely. I was dying laughter on that one. That was great. Uh, you know what? The, the IC title changing uh, hands in Canada for the first time. I mean, I, I love how you had to mention that Tito Santana was injured. I mean, still Greg, Greg Valentine's a better wrestler, but whatever. It's all good. It's all good. Well, they tried to have a rematch um, about tw almost 20 years later. Actually, it was more than 20 years later. It was at the London Gardens, but it wasn't called that at the time. And they held a wrestling show there. In fact, Sean was there. And I think Maloney was there, too. Um, and uh, I can't remember who took Tito's place for that match, but it was supposed to be a rematch of that match in that same arena years ago. Yes. Uh, one of the early on um, memories that you were talking about at first was the, uh, the infamous Brother Love segment with the uh, arrogance in the eyes of Jake the Snake Roberts. That WrestleMania 7 to me is like still one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time, and the blindfold match between Martel and Jake is in my opinion, still absolutely great storytelling and phenomenal. And just like the whole acting of Jake Roberts getting, you know, missing the eye and can't see another eye patch, almost possible angle. Um, <laughs> it, it was just, it was absolutely incredible. It made you like really think that like something bad had just happened. So especially since he was going after Damien with the arrogance. And the amazing part is that happened in September, as uh, Jonesy mentioned, and it made it all the way to April uh, that feud did. Now things are done in like four weeks. I know you're amazing. You're like going out there, you're doing a hot shot angle and then boom, you get beat by John Moxley on the same night. It's amazing. Just whatever. yeah, and you can also sign two contracts for the same company. Shh. I know what. <laughs> oh, so we're going to move on to our final segment of this uh, episode. And that is the fact that this Sunday, if we care, WD uh, is going to have, Clash of Champions and uh, they've changed it from Night of Champions to Clash of the Champions to just Clash of Champions and I don't know if I'm looking forward to this or not considering the TV we've seen uh, the last couple of episodes but then you look at what happened at SummerSlam and uh, Payback they were decent uh, shows for the pay-per-view so We'll run down uh, the matches and uh, each give our prediction on what you think is going to happen, and we'll go from there. So we start off with the kickoff show with our number one contender, Zelina Vega, challenging Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, we'll just go around uh, the uh, horn here with Adam. Your thoughts? First of all, the fact that Asuka was on, what, two pay-per-view matches at SummerSlam or whatever the hell it was, and now was on the kickoff show defending a championship, uh, it's kind of bullshit, in my opinion. Um, Selena Vega is an 
incredible worker and she's finally being given an opportunity to get in the ring and show what she can do with a high caliber athlete like Asuka. And this is what they're going to give her a kickoff show match. that no one's going to care about. And it's going to go like what seven and a half minutes tops. And then that's it. It's just an absolute waste. I love Asuka. If anyone knows, I'm a huge uh, proponent of hers. Um, so it's just a shame to see her get utilized in this way and Vega to be treated this way in her first, you know, major push outside of being a manager in the WWE. Obviously, this is Asuka's match to win. They're not going to do a title change on a pre-show, so my pick is Asuka. George? Uh, yeah, I agree with, uh, as much as it pains me to say this, I agree with the man from Oshawa. And it doesn't pain me to say I agree with him, just he's from Oshawa. But, um, yeah, I uh, Asuka wins, and I'm actually, because I timestamped stuff earlier, so I'm going to time this in, uh, I think Goldberg rebrought Lesnar in like a minute 48. This one goes a minute 30. And Zelina Vega's toast. Wow. Between that and Jey Uso winning in three minutes, this is just crazy. It's going to be an hour-long pay-per-view. You'll be able to enjoy your fucking Sunday. Thank me later. So, honestly, with what George just said, that pisses me off more now that they're on the kickoff because you could have easily put that match on the main show and done a minute 30 fucking match. Like, that would have been no problem. So, um, again, I'm picking Asuka, obviously. I don't see a world where Selena wins outside of some bullshit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. WWE's in a really weird spot right now, so I wouldn't be surprised if Selena Vega wins. Yeah, I uh, don't see that happening. Jones I don't see it either, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, what's the old adjective? Anything can happen Jones in the he? World Wrestling Federation, so... <laughs> I'm just going to say, I, I don't think it matters when these matches are on anymore. Uh, because all it is now is how many matches and content he shove in every week so we can have more crap for our network. That's what it is. It's just pumping it out. Don't give a shit where it is, where it's put. It doesn't matter because people can watch these separately whenever they want. Um, that's why I think it, nowadays I don't think it really matters when when a match is is put on at least not that because you don't have to pay extra for this pay-per-view hell wait 15 minutes and you can watch it on youtube it's it's to me i don't think that matters what i think really matters is it's not a clash of the champions unless it's on tbs or on a regular network that i can get with my cable it's not class of the champions stop using old shit just to fill in Another, I hate the amount of different pay-per-view names. It is so stupid to have a different name for a pay-per-view, flip-flopping around. Ah, so I probably don't have anything after that because I don't really know the matches. But that's what I think—a clash of the champions. But tell me what you really think, though, Jonesy. Yeah, yeah, just don't hold back, please. Okay, so I'm also going to go, though, with Oscar because, you know, it's a pre-show and I don't see it going anywhere just yet. We'll just uh, continue on with some of the other matches. On the main show, we'll uh, go with Bailey defending the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross. Uh, we'll start off with George, what your thought is. All right, this is a weird one, but I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. I'm going to say that Nikki Cross wins um, via uh, interference by Sasha Banks, and this is why I say this, because I think the absolute next SmackDown, Sasha will take the title from Nikki, 
therefore setting up Sasha to go in as champion to the next pay-per-view Survivor Series against Bailey. Um, the only reason I say that is because that's what WWE does best. And I'm also going to put a timestamp on this match, eight minutes. And I'm going to say that Sasha comes out and interferes. It either goes Bailey's way, but I'm most like I'm going to hope to say it goes Nikki Cross's way because she's a fellow Scotsman and I got to rep the country. Don't roll your eyes at me, bro. You live in Oshawa. You don't count. From the great city. <laughs> from the great city of Oshawa, I like to add. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to go with Bailey just because she's on a tear right now. I don't see them taking the belt off of her at the moment. She's got way too much momentum behind her. But uh, And Nikki, personally, I just don't see her going anywhere. And I think the only way that it would make sense for Nikki to win is, like George said, if Sasha takes the belt off of her right away. Like, that's the only way I could see that making any sort of sense. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going with Bailey. I'm going to Bailey go with, is hot uh, on you. I'm going to go with uh, Nikki picking up the title thanks to some interference on the behalf of uh, Sasha. I don't uh, necessarily agree with uh, George uh, with your thought that Sasha is going to pick up the title immediately. Uh, I think they're just going to go off with Nikki uh, defending it probably against Alexa in the future. But this definitely sets up for um, Hell in a Cell where it will be uh, – Nick, sorry, Sasha against Bailey, and sort of like how it was with Warrior and Savage at WrestleMania Seven. The tights on the back of uh, Warrior said had the title and said it means much more than this. So the title doesn't um, need anything with uh, Sasha and Bailey with their fight. They're going to go all out in a Hell in a Cell next month, title or not. But I think Nikki's going to get the belt. Adam, I'm going to go with Bailey on this one. You have a couple different factors with the whole Alexa bliss thing that she's doing with the whole fiend thing with her relationship with Nikki cross that has been kind of strained over the last several weeks. And of course you have the, as you guys mentioned before the Sasha and Bailey thing, let's keep one thing in mind when it comes to Sasha banks though, she's never successfully defended a championship belt ever, right? She's won it a whole bunch of time, but she's never actually defended a championship belt once. Um, I feel like she's not going to interfere. She would want to have the glory of taking that title from, you know, uh, from Bailey. And if I was kind of doing like a hot shot booking for this, you know, off the top of my head, I would have her beat uh, Bailey on a SmackDown, shock and awe, whatever. Bailey's like, that's fine, but I want you at Hell in the Cell because I know you've never been able to successfully defend your championship belt. And that's your actual rematch for that. And then it goes into the pressure of Sasha. Can she actually? be a champion and defend that championship even just once when Bailey feels like she's got her number and it's inside the cell and it's got all the history and the story behind the cell and in the feud that's been going what seems like, Oh, I don't know, six and a half years between these two at this point with the off and on this. So, but I'm going to go with Bailey on this one and then hopefully it leads to hell in the cell down the line between these two. Got to interject one quick thing here. Wouldn't it be shock and awe if Sasha, actually successfully defended the title at a Hell in a Cell, that would be shocking off. That's the point, yeah. So she beats Bailey for the title like on a SmackDown, which means her first title defense has to be in Hell in a Cell, which is the added pressure. Mm. All right. I like it, Oshawa. I like it. Thank you. Next match. Next match. Could be interesting. So we have our next match. Uh, we'll get uh, the last women's match out of the way. The tag team titles are on the line with the unlikely duo of 
Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defending their titles against the reformed Riot Squad. We'll start with Ryan. I mean, it's great to have the Riot Squad back, but I think it's going to be Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. You can't mess with that dominant duo. They're building those guys to be, or those women, sorry, to be way too ridiculously powerful. Um, Shayna Baszler, I think, is going to have an insanely massive push coming her way once more. Um, but right now, she's going to be mid-carded for a while, but she'll be doing that again at the top with the championship belt. She's not losing. I'm going to go the other way and say that Riot Squad pick it up. Uh, they're one of the only women's tag teams uh, at the moment on the main roster. Uh, they can always go down to NXT and try and defend the titles there and uh, at least do something. But that allows uh, Naya and Shayna to feud uh, some more. And eventually one of them come out on top and be a viable champion for, or a viable uh, challenger for Asuka. Adam? I don't see them breaking up the team anytime soon. Can we do a, just a quick favor, though? Can you bring that graphic up again just real fast? Is it, is it possible? I wasn't sure if you yeah. had Shayna Baszler up there, if that was Robert Patterson from the Batman trailer for a second with the amount of black eyeliner around her eyes. <laughs> I was I just had to make sure. I didn't know if you Photoshopped in. I was going to say, wonderful job. Um, but no, honestly, though, it's going to be Shayna Baszler. Yeah, it's going to no, be Nia Jax. <laughs> it's going to be Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Their dominance is going to continue. It's There's too many teams that are breaking up and too many dissension things going on right now in every company in the world. So uh, there's no need to do it right now. Let these two just steamroll everybody and keep going. George? Uh, as much as it pains me to say it because I hate Nia Jax. They called her the immovable object, which is always full of shit because you can move her pretty fucking easy because she has no ability in the ring. But I unfortunately believe that they will retain. Uh, I, I've i never holded back my opinions of Nia Jax. I think just because of the Samoan heritage and the dynasty that she was given a free ride in, I don't find her talented at all. Shayna Baszler, I do, but her forehead distracts me. It's huge. It's ridiculously oversized. Um yeah, they're going to retain quite easily. I don't know, seven minutes. Right now, I think I'm about four. I'm about thirty minutes into this whole pay per view, and I've already got through half the card. So, yeah, uh, they're going to retain, no problem. <clears throat> okay, so Sean, wait, 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 yeah, Sean. Get, no, uh, what did you, what did you mean by uh, get rid of the women's matches? No, we're going to get through them. There's three women's matches to talk about. Yeah, but there are people too. You kind of spread them out throughout the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not touching this one. Jonesy, you on your own, buddy. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) The SmackDown tag team titles will be on the line as Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura defend against Lucha House Party. Um, I just think there's something going to happen, unfortunately, with. uh, Lucha House Party. Uh, one of them is going to uh, break off, and Cesaro and Nakamura are going to retain. Adam, you got to unmute yourself there, Oshawa. Unmute yourself. There you go. Sorry, I was I wanted to pull a Jonesy or whatever to see if anyone was paying attention. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, this is Nakamura and Cesaro all day long. Lucha House Party, great athletes, good talents, not anywhere near the caliber, caliber rather, of Claudio and Nakamura. So 
I'm definitely going to have to go with those two, regardless of whatever storyline it is. I can't go against Nakamura in any way. So They've got too much calibility. Uh, super easy to figure out on this one. Nakamura and Cesaro completely 150% retain in four minutes. And Jonesy's not here, so he'll pick the oddities for the win in two minutes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan? Cesaro and Nakamura. I mean... I don't care. <laughs> yeah, clean sleep. Clean sleep on that one. It'll be a surprise if uh, Luke Chow's party do anything. Their final tag team match has, yet again, Andrade and uh, Garza challenging the Street Profits. Does this finally change hands? Or do they stay a team? Adam? Yeah, I finally want Andrade and Garza. I really like these two together as a team. I'm so tired of the Street Profits. I have been tired of them since the WrestleMania debacles and the whole thing with the Viking Raiders experience, whatever the hell you want to call them. I'm just, I'm so tired of these guys as a team. I just, I want something different and I want two great caliber athletes like Andrade and Garza to win this and take the championships and you know, bring some great tag team wrestling in with them. Not saying that the Street Profits can't wrestle, not that they're a great team, but when it comes to being better athletes, Garza and Andrade are my picks. Uh, yeah, it's it's cut and dry here on this one. I, I do think uh, Andrade and Garza take it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's not a surprise that you're sick and tired of the Street Profits because it's just another insanely racist idea by an insanely racist old white man. Just going to throw that out there. Ryan. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously it's going to be Garza. Uh, I can't see a world where the Street Profits pull this one off. It's. I think everybody's pretty tired of them at this point. And not having the fans in attendance really hurts them because then you can't – there's no gimmick at that point. Their whole Red Cup gimmick is completely over. Um yeah, no, it's got to be Street Profits losing. It'd be like the Sandman coming through the crowd doing his inner Sandman entrance without <laughs> the crowd, right? It's yeah. like, That's why you haven't seen Private Party in AEW. Same shit. Their stick does not work without a crowd. Yeah. I uh, definitely see surprisingly new tag team champions, and hopefully they stay on the same page. Uh, I think WD dropped the ball, surprise, uh, when they brought in uh, Bianca Belair. They could have done some uh, stuff uh, involving Zelina and, you know, just the six uh, people. And, yeah, they definitely uh, didn't do it. And Street Profits needs something different. Uh, the Viking exp- uh, Profits, that foursome debacle that happened, uh, chasing ninjas, horrible. No, it was sports entertainment. Oh. Guys, that yes. was sports entertainment at its finest. Where right? was the sport? There was <laughs> a thinking, drinking montage, whatever it was, with the bowling ball. Uh, bowling, bowling. You better, right go, there. you better have me bowling, back for a word bowling. Bowling is a sport. Bowling is totally a sport. We'll yeah. have to do a wor- best and worst of 2020 at the end of the year. <laughs> I won't be hard, though. Uh, U.S. title. Do we care? Bobby Lashley defending against Apollo Crews. Bobby Lashley, he's heel one moment, face the next. George? Uh, you know what? 
this is a head scratcher for me because Apollo Cruz is somebody that has a lot of talent, a lot of potential, and he showed that when he was at NXT. And as usual, again, Vince McMahon coming up, completely burying him, mid-carding him. And it sucks because he should have held that title. It should have. It was his first major title on the main roster. Should have been able to hold it down for a decent run. It wasn't allowed to. I want to say Apollo Cruz, but because Vince McMahon's got such a hard on for the big man, uh, he's probably going to give it to Lashley to retain, which sucks. And also, this match and the last match combined together, twelve minutes. Ryan. Uh, yeah, again, I'm going to go with Lashley as well. I can't see Apollo Crews going over when they're pushing the Hurt Business or the Hurt Lock, whatever the hell they're calling them, uh, as the much as they are. The Hurt Locker is what I'm thinking, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, just, I don't see Lashley losing this match. He's looking too dominant lately. Um, and as George pointed out, yeah, I mean, Vince, there's no way Vince isn't going to let Apollo win. I, you, it's been proven already. Apollo is, has not had a fair run in the WWE and I don't think he's going to get one, unfortunately. Yeah, I was happy that Apollo got the title at first, and it looked like they were going to finally do something. But at the same time, as uh, George said, he Vince has a huge thing for Bobby Lashley. And in all honesty, since Lashley returned, this is the best uh, thing for him, uh, being in the Hurt business, uh, especially after the Lashley sisters uh, crap and the stuff with Lana. Yeah, thankfully, they finally found something to uh, work with them. And once again, taking from Impact, uh, because MVP and Lashley were together there. But I uh, think still champ. Adam? Yeah, this isn't a surprise. Lashley retains this match, uh, retains the title, rather. Apollo Crews, we can all we all said it. Like he's very underrated, good athlete. I was really actually looking forward to the match they were going to have on pay-per-view last time, but obviously it didn't happen, and then... Uh, the segment happened or whatever. So I'm actually looking forward to a somewhat competitive matchup between these two of a small man, big man scenario. But at the end of the day, Lashley wins because it's the right thing to do. So that brings us to our, the last three matches, uh, three of the bigger matches, I'd say, of the whole card. And somewhat like uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, who's the real Intercontinental Champion? Well, two guys claim that they are, and the third one wants to have the title. It's going to be a ladder match. Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, both one uh, say they're the t champion, and AJ wants the belt. Who's uh, climbing the ladder and taking it home? Ryan. This one's a a real toss up for me because um, I can put legitimate reasons for all three of these guys to win. Um, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to have to say, in a shock, probably Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn's going to come out, and he's there's just he's going to find some way to squirrel out a victory in this one, as he he tends to do. Um, I think AJ Styles, unfortunately, isn't going to have much of a chance in the matchup. It's either Jeff to me, it's Jeff Hardy or Sami Zayn. I'm thinking Sami Zayn. Yeah, I want to pick uh, Sami Zayn as well. Um, there was supposed to be a moment during this show that I was going to be calling out uh, Chris Maloney. Because if you go back to episode 18 when we did uh, TNT, he did not believe that Sami Zayn was going to come back in this role and still be uh, contending for the title. Um, he was very upset uh, in that episode uh, when Sami was stripped of the title and thought it was unfair considering they were doing interim champions uh, in other areas of WD. And I was right. They put Sammy back in this position with the title uh, chase 
saying that he was never defeated. And uh, Maloney was actually supposed to shave his beard if uh, when I call him out on it. But I'm going to go with uh, Sammy uh, getting the title and uh, just being that uh, chicken shit heel and rubbing in everybody's faces saying, see, I didn't lose it. Adam? By hooker. By hook or by crook, absolutely, Sami Zayn is going to win this belt. It even makes even more sense the fact that like it's a ladder match. He don't need to pin nobody. He don't need to make nobody submit. He can literally go up through the back door while these two are having an argument or fighting up and like stalling for the title. If they didn't do the stupid spot where the the ultimate X thing, where like you know the thing falls and the guy catches it, like with the thing with Otis happened. If that didn't already happen this year, I would have totally said that would have been a great spot for. Sammy to win this uh, matchup, but be that as it may, hey, they might do it. They might recycle because we're dumb. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that, uh, yeah, Sammy Zayn absolutely should win back his Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. George. Sean, can you bring up that graphic for me again real quick? <laughs> uh, so we got this wrong, guys. This is yep. Jeff Hart versus Sammy Zayn from the Bee Gees. That's Barry Gibb. That's not. Oh my a- god! It is too. <laughs> so um, Barry Gibb is not going to win this. Um, but your guys are right. I agree with everybody. Sami Zayn's going to take this uh, quite convincingly. But there's a reason why, and this happened in TNA. So we're going right back to Impact with this. When Jeff Hardy had a championship, I believe he had the X Division title at the time. He lost it, and boom, Willow came out to play. And they've been hinting for a while that Willow and the, and the Fiend would be a perfect feud, a grudge match. I'm not saying that it's going to set up for the Fiend, but I'm going to say it's going to set up for a stronger version of Willow to come out 24-7 to therefore set something up down the line with the Fiend. Could be as quickly as Hell in a Cell, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah. yeah Sam- the not on the card. Sorry? The Fiend is not on the card, so anything's no, possible. No, exactly. He's not on the card, so I, I just could see that with Sami Zayn winning, Willow comes out to play, therefore we're going to start something with that. And I think that would be the best thing for both Jeff Hardy and The Fiend because those characters, Willow and The Fiend, if Willow comes out to play, would play very well off each other. And Sammy just taking the title is icing on the cake. And Barry Gibb has no chance. Barry Gibb's not in it. He's going to go record some records with the rest of the fucking movies. Yeah, and in this case, like I think what we talked about with uh, is the best scenario. And this could be that could be the match that everybody's looking forward to out of all of them. Uh, last two matches, first one for the universal title. George has already put his two cents worth in uh, this one and already said about a three-minute match. But it is the uh, tribal king, uh, Roman Reigns, with his uh, – I forget what he's – he's not the advocate, but uh, Paul Heyman in his corner, taking on his cousin, Jay Uso, who won a number one contenders match. Um. Uh, yeah, definitely Roman's going to uh, retain. It'll probably be a really quick match. I'd even say quicker than the three minutes that uh, George has put out there. Uh, so, yeah, Roman retains. Not, it's a no-brainer. But, Adam, your pronostication on what happens with the match. Obviously, I think we're all going to say Roman, but... That was a big word for you. you. I'm very impressed. <laughs> I'll spell it. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, obviously this is Roman's match. He's going to win. There's This is the beginning of Roman's quote-unquote empire until WrestleMania, possibly. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm actually really wanting to see more than a three-minute match. I know it does no favors for Roman in that sense. I, I realize I get it, George, but I would like to see these two actually have an actual matchup. I'm not saying it has to go 25 minutes like every world title match in every company has to go, but it would be nice to see Jey Uso kind of get maybe like a like a th- five, six-minute match out of Roman or something like that, even if it is like one little false finish, like a quick little one-two just so he can look like, oh, he almost got him for a second because every heel champion's almost got to look like they got beat by somebody, right? So, but again, ultimately, this is Roman's match to win. Doesn't need Paul Heyman's interference. One big spear, call today. Anything you want to add to your earlier uh, guess there, George? Yeah, I'm going to drop it down to 2.30. Two minutes, 30 seconds. There we go. Uso's going to get fucked up. And I hate Roman Reigns, but he's going to get fucked up. It's a natural order of things. Should we get (laughs) Ryan? How fucking crazy would it be if Jey Uso did win, though? I called that earlier, but everybody was like, that's not going to happen. You put it out in the universe, now it's going to get fucked up. So I said he's going to get squashed. Now Ryan put it out. (laughs) Why don't you got something to say, Adam? Oh, okay. Well, no, that offset what he said earlier. So now there's a real fucking possibility of it. Yep. Hey, hey, Zack Ryder won that ladder match for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania a few years back, and no one called him winning. So yeah, literally anything's possible. We didn't get the it's... tape of that, George. Sorry. We, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's Roman winning. I'm going to give it five minutes, personally. I think they'll do a little bit of. No, I'm not. Fuck that. You're right. It's going to be 230. If that, if that. If that, Maybe even I two. I might even say two. Like it might even just be a couple fucking spears, and that's it. Spear and a super punch, yeah, or reverse the order. Uh, which then is our final matchup until uh, we get out of here. It is an ambulance match. No Keith Lee involved, but probably will get involved somehow. But Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against the Viper, Randy Orton, Adam. I did not know this was an ambulance match until you literally just said that. I thought this was just <laughs> one-on-one again. Um, that kind of changes everything, in my opinion, then. Okay. Um, see, you guys have been calling for like interference, this interference, that, for some people, how they're going to win matches. To me, this is the only time interference is really going to matter on the whole card, and I think this is when Retribution is going to come out, cause a stir, cause whatever. Keith Lee is going to be out there just trying to get a little bit of payback, hurt, business i always call him hurt locker as well is going to come out there or whatever <laughs> and through you know like the snake that he is randy orton i think is just going to somehow sneak his way in and i was going to say originally rko one two three on mcintyre but now that the fact that mcintyre doesn't have to be pinned goes with the whole theory with Sami Zayn. he can win this championship and not have to beat actually drew and pin him to the mat so with that being said orton is winning this matchup he's going to be the next wwe champion Um, you know what, George? Yeah, you, you, you know what? As, uh, as much as it pains me to say it, I, I think he's right, and it sucks. Um, because Drew McIntyre didn't have a chance to have a really great run, especially in a time period. But the plus of having an ambulance on site, free COVID test for everybody. After he gets put in the fucking ambulance, he gets a COVID test, pipe right up the nose. But honestly and truly, I think you're right. And I don't know has has there has there been a full out leader of Retribution announced? Like a full-out leader, or is it just those four? No, right? Wouldn't it be a fucking twist shocker, shock and awe? Keith Lee comes out as the actual leader of Retribution. 
I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to throw that out there. Could be possible because an interference from him is quite obvious at this point. But, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the Viper for the win. And I think that if he does win, that ties him with Triple H for 14 title reigns, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, he's going for his 14th. Ryan? Um, I actually think it's going to be Drew McIntyre. I think because of that uh, interference with uh, Randy Orton and that Keith Lee-Drew McIntyre match, I my shock prediction is going to be Keith Lee's in the back of the ambulance. So there's going to be a moment where it looks like Orton's going to win, and all of a sudden he opens up the ambulance, and there's Keith Lee. And then he's going to attack Orton and flip the whole thing. They'll go from there. But I think it's Drew McIntyre retaining, and uh, I, I hope. I fucking hope. I got to yeah, believe I that think, at this point. I think somehow Orton will get the title. Uh, Keith Lee could be involved with it. And Keith Lee can also then brag the fact that he beat uh, Orton at payback really quickly and with the uh, spirit bomb. And that's going to be how he gets himself definitely into uh, contendership still and uh, being in that mix because he has a victory over who the champion is. And with all the interference that have happened leading up to that match, he has a viable argument for uh, going after Orton with the title. So uh, it looks like Orton, uh, we're saying, is going to go out and get that belt. So, guys, that concludes this uh, show. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, Want to uh, give your plugs uh, for what you have going on? for you and then we'll uh, get out of here adam so not really doing any podcasting right now just with uh everything in my life going on right now also being a healthcare worker as well and just keep myself busy and whatnot um but hopefully one day schwa style podcast will be back with a whole bunch of different shows that i have lined up in the, the old noggin that i'd like to be able to do um but of course you can be able to find me as well at uh, Pro Wrestling Ontario, I'm actually one of the uh, lead commentators right now. You can also find some of our old footage on YouTube with uh, our show Foundation. I'm on a couple of those getting screwed over by uh, Nathan Savage, that son of a bitch. And, uh, yeah, just check out some of the old things in the archives. Just, you know, what? just support independent wrestling, um, but do it at a safe distance. I'm not sure if I completely agree with the whole running the shows and stuff like that right now locally, but be that as it may. Just if you're going to support, support and be wise about it and stay safe at the same time. George? Uh, yeah, you can find me on all the socials, Straight Talk Wrestling on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk and ProWrestlingTees.com. i got a few t-shirts up there. And I just dropped two episodes this week, uh, one with Joels Malone who you know very well from Ontario Wrestling, and uh, also uh, Sexy Stan Smith, the current Battle Arts Pro Light Heavyweight Champion. I dropped both those episodes this week. Next week, I got another one coming out. Got a few more interviews lined up, and uh, I got a couple big ones dropping in October, so keep an eye on that. Again, I can't can't let it know right now. Sponsor, sponsor stuff like that. Preview to all that. I got to make him aware of everything first. So, yeah, but that's it. All right, I'm very looking, good. looking forward, forward to, to uh, seeing what uh, comes down the pipe. <sighs> Ryan? Uh, of course, you can catch all our stuff at Knights of the Squared Circle across social media. Instagram, it's Knights of the Squared Circle. Twitter, Knights of the SC. Uh, we just launched our brand new website, knightsofthesc.com, where you can keep up with uh, all the things that we're doing. Um, of course, I'm in the Foundation Series as well, crazy enough. Uh, I'm getting threatened with barbed wire bats and uh, told off by Randy Bino. So be sure to check out the Foundation Series. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, Spotify, we're all over the place. We're going to be airing a new episode this Sunday on Coyote 103. We've got the uh, the developer of Retromania Wrestling is going to be joining us, which is a big, big, uh, nice. big conversation that we had. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one, guys. So be sure to check that out this Sunday. And then, of course, you can hear it on Spotify the following day. Very cool. Uh, Jonesy, uh, what we got going on with uh, next Wednesday and uh, your game show stuff? Uh, the game show, I'm looking for people to take Sean on in Jeopardy style. So if any of you people want to uh, take him on, because uh, no one's beat him yet out of five games. Um, doing the wrestling trivia game show challenge. Uh, lots of, uh, you know a lot about wrestling? You still won't get them all, but uh, it, it, uh, it's fun to do. And what are we doing next Wednesday? Part four? <laughs> oh hell i don't know part four of the what fantasy are we warfare <laughs> yes we are we're doing that on wednesday yes. tuesday wednesday right it's my favorite day tuesday wednesday <laughs> yeah record on tuesday broadcasts on wednesday on youtube uh 6 15 because they won't allow me six o'clock but it's part four of fantasy warfare tournament uh, we have been doing uh, the greatest theme songs. Uh, bracket one was WCW. Bracket two was WJF leading up to WrestleMania 17. And uh, this just yesterday, we had uh, the WWE from WrestleMania 17 till today. Uh, so far, we have uh, the Four Horsemen coming out of WCW, Undertaker out of WJF. And just yesterday, we had the game Triple H. So this next one that will happen next Wednesday, you'll see it on YouTube, has uh, about eight TNA Impact uh, songs and some wild cards that didn't make it into the other three brackets. So you got American Made uh, by Hogan, Honky Donk Man, uh, Johnny B. Bad. American Made! There's the uh, Beautiful People, uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Abyss, and a bunch of others that are going to be narrowed down to one. And... Then next week, no, sorry, October 1st, we'll do the final four during a uh, Scumbags Wrestling podcast and see who comes out as the greatest uh, theme song. So if anybody else wants to join us uh, in future episodes, we definitely welcome that. If you have a theme that you would like to share with us, please send me a line at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. And yeah, that's what we got going on uh, between that show and this show. Thank you guys for being a part of it. We will see you next uh, Thursday with results from uh, the G1, any news going on, and, of course, Clash of Champions happening this Sunday on WWE Network. So until then, have a good one, and we'll talk off the air. You know what Tyson, Terrence, Brett, and Jody Threat ha has in common? They all support Scumbags Wrestling. And if you buy this poster or shirt... You will, all the money goes.